Greetings, Pilgrim. Welcome back to the Metal Odyssey that is Cast Iron, a podcast all about metal. My name is Alan Williamson, and I'm joined once again by Lewis Clark. Hello there. And this week, we are going to be tackling a metalcore classic, or is it? We're going to be listening to Bullet For My Valentine's The Poison. So, Lewis, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, sir. Yourself? Um, not very well. Um, I've been off work today because I'm sick. Um, and well, I say sick. I'm just completely knackered. Although I do have a massive two, three-inch bruise at my arm from a when I gave blood last week. Oh, so blimey! Okay, that, 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 maybe maybe I have been poisoned. Because, you know, <laughs> oh, just, there we I'm, go. I'm tenuously trying to connect it to this yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, no, you've uh, got, got, got to start with a dirty pun, haven't you? God. God, well, you wouldn't have it any other way. I'm sure <laughs> our listeners wouldn't. So, um, the just a bit of introduction to this. So last week, or last time, we did Terra and Grey's Ouroboros. Um, we may have hinted, or even outright mentioned, that we were going to be doing baby metal this time. And, as you will have noticed, this is not baby metal. <laughs> um, basically, we have a special guest star, and we've had some scheduling conflicts. And we're hoping to get that episode to you soon. So it's coming in the future. We don't know when, and we'll not say it's the next episode in case it isn't. <laughs> but yes, yeah, no, we we obviously really do want to do tackle that album um, because yeah, we've got some interesting things to say about it, and um, you know, it's it's something that is definitely in the future for the podcast. But um, yeah, for the time being, uh, you know. Stay tuned, but <laughs> we're we're dealing with other bits and pieces at the moment for the time being. But yeah. So, so the reason we picked this one is because I'm actually going to see Bullet from a Valentine at the end of September. Brilliant. Um, it is going to be on the 28th of September. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time you're listening to this, it may have already happened. <laughs> if, <laughs> if it's out before then, see you in Belfast. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, yeah, no, I'm glad we're tackling this um, because I actually. Listening to it reminded me. Basically, I got very nostalgic for this record. I didn't realize yeah, yeah. Uh, how much it really meant to me. It reminds me of a very specific time in my life, and I remember the lead up to the release of this album quite vividly because um, prior to this uh, album, uh, Bullet from Valentine released a self-titled EP in two thousand four, and um, I remember specifically getting a copy of Metal Hammer, and they used to. Um, they used to have cover DVDs with Metal Hammer. Do you remember this? Oh. Like they used to give you music videos on a DVD. No, no. Oh, right. Yeah, that. yeah. No, I've got a few of them, and um, I, I'm a. I I used to be obsessed with music videos, like uh, music channels in particular. When we first started getting like cable television and things like that, I was absolutely obsessed with the fact that there was just television channels de- dedicated to music. Kerrang! Uh, yeah, and yeah. Scuzz. Exactly uh. that. <laughs> and yeah, early Kerrang in particular, definitely very formative of my tastes in music. Um, oh, unfortunately, God, yeah. nowadays, it is now owned by uh, Box TV, and it's just a the same damn music videos over and over again on the hour, every hour. And uh, yeah, it's not, it's not a particularly entertaining watch anymore. But at this time, um, very much into music videos. So I used to watch those Metal Hammer DVDs like Religion. And uh, one of them had the music video to Hand of Blood on it. And this would have been the first time I'd ever... Uh, got into the uh, would have well even heard of the band, and I was 
uh, I mean, I adore the song. I think I still think it's probably their best song. Um, but the music video is, is is really striking because I'm a big fan of um, Blade the movie, and uh-huh. the music video is essentially the the Blood Rave as a metal gig. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm gonna so... just look up uh, Bullet. <laughs> you, you talk away. I'm just, yeah, I'm just yeah. smashing it into no worries, no worries. Um, but yeah, um, a really cool video, really striking, and uh, just a really great introduction to the band. So off the back of that. EP came out, basically it was one of those CDs that all my friends seemed to have and we were very much um, into Bullet or together. As Oh my God, look yeah. at their hair. Oh my God. This is <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, this is this very is, much oh. a product of 2004. Um, wow. But yeah, no, um, it was just one of those bands. We all really got, we already sort of clung to them and we were very excited about The Poison and yeah, it was again another record that we all seemed to own. We all seemed to love. There was lots of good tracks on it, um, and they really blew up big time. Um, the label that released the Poison is a label called Visible Noise, and they're also famous for uh, breaking bands like Lost Profits um, and Bring Me the Horizon. So you know, lots of big big bands to their name, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, they the, this album really just brought, brought them into the limelight, and for a, for a while, Bullet from a Valentine seemed like they were going to be the next big British metal band. But yeah, um, I and, think and I, well, yeah, uh, yeah, this is it. I, actually, in a sense, they still are really, really big. They, they are big a very following. popular band, um, and somewhat inexplicably. But we'll get I think to that they as we go on. plateaued a little bit sooner than um, perhaps they might have wanted to. But um, yeah, it's a bit really, like it's a bit like Trivium in the American scene. Yeah, not definitely. that dissimilar band. But again, they were hyped up as being like the new Metallica. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reading in Wikipedia earlier that. Bullet started off playing uh, Metallica covers whenever they first formed. Yeah, yeah, um, well, that does not surprise me. <laughs> but, uh, but I mean, I, I like Trivium, but they're a band that don't really live up to their potential. And mm. that's why The Poison was so exciting when it came out, is because it did have a lot of potential in it. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I would have been in university when this album first came out, and it was my brother got me into them. Okay. And it quickly became one of my one of the albums that psyched me up before I went into exams. <laughs> so I'm really, really familiar with a couple yeah, of yeah. tracks on it. Um. So we so we should probably talk a bit about um, the context of what kind of music this is and where it came from. Yeah, um, yeah. Because, uh, well, I guess Bullet, you'd, they sort of call themselves a heavy metal band, which is a way of, you know, dodging any kind of subgenres. <laughs> but yeah. I would probably call it metalcore. Or yeah, so would I. Yeah, melodic yeah. metalcore. I don't really so, yeah. know what the, the difference is. <laughs> um yeah, so, if, uh, yeah. If you're not familiar with metalcore, I suppose the best definition is well, it's supposedly a melding of both hardcore punk and metal. But for me personally, I don't think that really sort of hits the bill too well. I think it's more. I would say it's very much. Um, it's like popular music mixed with heavy metal. <laughs> it's yeah, very it's, approachable, it's... very digestible, very hooky, and um, it's. It's still a very you know heavy metal uh, genre, but at the same time, it's um, a lot more approachable. I would almost say it was sort of like a gateway into heavier things, um, very much in in the similar way that you know the late nineties and early two thousands we had new yeah, metal, new, which new was metal, very much yeah. the gateway. Uh, metalcore has now become that, and it's actually surprisingly uh, become a very long lasting genre. Actually, it seems like most uh, young metal bands uh, sort of tackle metalcore as um, their as their shtick and uh yeah i'm 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 generally quite surprised how long lasting playing a single chord over and over again has managed to be <laughs> i was gonna say like the, the things that to me categorize metal chorus you do get a lot of what you often call in scum scene um, one note chugging yep um you also get um you'll get uh, sort of screamed 
verses and sung choruses mm-hmm. is a good um, metalcore trope for either way. Yep, yep. There's a change between um, screaming, which is notably different as well from your kind of mellow death growly grunts. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is this is more screaming. It's if you've heard like screamo and those kind of things. Yeah, it's yeah, like very that. much. So. And it is there is often an emo element to it as well yeah, so metalcore bands you often yep, yep. find talk about their feelings a bit I mean you've got the band <laughs> it's called, they're called Bullet for My Valentine well there you go um, and they do and I think that's another thing with Bullet's lyrics are quite um, introspective and they do sound like something that came out of a teenager's diary mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and that's okay whenever you're starting off in 2005 yep. but uh, 10 years later um, they still write songs that sound exactly like that um, <laughs> never, so never been a great listening... lyricist then but that talks so there <laughs> no it definitely and it gets worse and worse I, I, I wish they would just commission me like for a couple of hundred quid I'll write them some actual lyrics um, but uh, if you're listening to this album for the first time listen out for the there's not so much one note chugging in this. This is definitely influenced by bands like Killswitch, Avenged Sevenfold, and yep, Flames. Yep. There's a lot of really good riffs, really good licks in this yep. um, that are less present in their later albums. Um, but listen for the mix between screaming and clean vocals, how those interplay. Um, and then the bass and drums are just kind of there along for the ride and not yeah, particularly yeah. memorable, I wouldn't say. <laughs> But yes, so that is a uh, pretty much a really a very good summation of metalcore. Um, I'd say as well, it's very derivative of actually uh, melodic death metal. Uh, um, yeah. In that they often um, at the gates are often very much regarded as a sort of a, a an originator of um, of metalcore and that that sort of sound. Um, and Killswitch Engage very much uh, being the, yeah. the standout band that sort of really adapted it into what it is as its current format. But, um, yeah, they, they really brought it into the spotlight, and I think yeah, they're probably yeah. the biggest of those bands as well, mm-hmm. um, oh, compared to some more underrated ones. Like, Well, there's there's loads of metalcore bands. You've got like Shadows Fall, uh, Unearth are another pretty good one, mm. um, still remains. There's loads of metalcore bands. Yeah, some of some of which are even worth listening to. Oh yeah, completely. <laughs> but we'll save that until the end. <laughs> um, so, Bullet, um, as I said, they have a new album out that they're touring. It's called Venom, mm-hmm. um, and it came out last month. Um, so this marks a, a decade of Bullet albums. I know, uh, which is very weird to think about. When I was, I, I checked the the back of the box and saw 2005. I was like. Wow, this album has been in my life for a decade. That's really, really very yeah. strange to think. So they've got they've got five albums, and I will list them in chronological order, which is also kind of descending quality. So you've got the Poison, <laughs> then you've got uh, Scream, Aim, Fire, then Fever, then Temper, Temper, and you've got Venom. But Venom's actually better than Temper, Temper because <laughs> when you reach the bottom, there's only one way to go. Um, but Bullet are kind of. So we talked a bit about how they were meant to be the successors to Metallica, and they were heralded as the second coming of satan or whatever you want to call it but <laughs> to me they've always been metals perpetual under achievers yeah yeah um you always, you've always expected more of them and whenever you hear the poison and you've got these really really exciting riffs lyrics that are okay but it's a it's a debut album but um maybe think about um we've, we've never really talked about the difficult second album no we haven't and that's obviously uh, i don't know if uh <laughs> it's a strange thing because i, I think that's very much um a term of of a certain generation and i definitely remember sort of seeing that as i was reading reviews for the first time in magazines and things like that that people will often talk about sophomore records being a difficult thing to overcome like can you actually yeah. progress on you know what what you've what you've achieved on your debut um and for me personally i th- i still think poison is probably 
the greatest achievement of this band. Um, yeah. And but don't get me wrong, I don't think uh, the uh, the sophomore, which is uh, Screaming Fire, is nearly nearly as bad as people seem to make no, it out no, to be. It's I good. think it's, it's good a very some, good record. Oh, it's got some outstanding songs on it. As a record, it is too long. And if you have yeah. the deluxe edition, that is a real exercise in patience. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, um, I, I do. And I, I think that oh, that wow. is... I'm glad you picked up on that because um, I think that's really sort of hurt my opinion of that record. Is yeah, same. Just how, same. how long it takes to go through. Um but yeah, let's 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 kick off into the poison now because um let's <laughs> let's that's, that's, that's down the poison. <laughs> well, um, yeah. <laughs> so you open up with the um the intro, which I believe features Apocalyptica. It does. Um, so yeah, um, the only guest appearance on this record, and it's uh, strings in this opening intro. Um, very pompous, very overblown introduction. Oh, it's, to the oh, it's really it's really pretentious. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But then it kicks into her voice resides, which I would say is probably the heaviest song on the album, bar none. <laughs> Um, a really, really strong opening. This um, uh, I wasn't uh, quite a few of these songs I'd actually be familiar with because of the EP and you know pre-album singles and stuff like that. But this was um, brand new to me and a really, really strong opening to this record. Very, very heavy. Uh, probably the most sort of chuggy metalcore song on here as well. I think it's very sort of uh, that opening riff is very. This um, is weightlifting music. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? <laughs> it's uh, it's got uh, it, it. Yeah, I think it's good. And you can there's the the kind of main riffs and kind of bends. That's the bit yeah. whenever you're kind of dropping the weight again. Go Jesus, before you go for the next rep. But it is it's it's really heavy. It's really intense. Again, you've got the you've got the screaming coming through right through from the start. Yeah, and. But then a very strong melodic sung chorus and very memorable, and that seems to be sort of like the that's very much the structure of Bullet for My Valentine music. You have, um, you know, very heavy riffs to begin with, and sort of uh, that giving you that your guitar melodies earlier on, uh, scream verses, and then big punchy anthemic like really memorable choruses mm-hmm. um so yeah that that will often pry up on this record but one of the things they do as well is um the first half of the album in particular is quite well structured in that they the songs kind of break down with the end of the song they have these outros yes and, yeah. and they often tie into the next song mm-hmm. particularly happens between tears don't fall and um suffocating yep but um that's a kind of constant theme throughout the first half of the album. It's it's well tapered in that way. Yeah, no, very much so. The first half of this record actually has a magnificent flow, actually. It keeps you interested, and the songs are basically hit after hit, really. Um, yeah, that- I mean, those those first, the first five songs, including, like, I do quite like the intro, actually. I don't, yeah, don't, yeah. I don't mind it too much, because no, I know no, what's totally. coming next. And I, I mean, how do, how do you feel about intros as separate tracks on records? I always feel like they should just sort of be stuck on the first song. Um, um, oh, I've, I've, uh, talked about, I've talked about this before and, and, and complained a little bit. I don't mind them being cut up. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I, can, I can I can see both ways how it works, and I, I definitely think having a bit of pomp and circumstance at the start of this record really sort of sets off. It really, really gives her voice resides some impact actually. Yeah, and I think the best part is you can skip it. Oh, completely. If you, if yeah. you don't have 
if you don't have the intro separated from the opening track, that means that I can't put that onto my gym playlist because I've got <laughs> two and a half minutes of violins that I really don't need when I want to yeah, no, it's a very fair point. run very, yeah, very fast. That's a really strong beginning to the album. The next song is another really great song, uh, Four Words to Choke Upon. Um, is it four words and then in brackets to choke upon? If I'm yeah, right? yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah I don't, uh, yes, it is. Um, the four <laughs> words to choke upon are actually, um, look at me now. Yep. Um, um, quite often repeated in through that the song <laughs> yeah and yeah if you haven't if you hadn't figured that bit out you know um because you think four words to choke about like i still love you something like <laughs> that but now it's just look at me now and i think the the idea behind that was matt tuck sort of saying everybody said we'd amount to nothing you said our haircuts in the hand of blood song <laughs> were ridiculous but look at us now our, our hair's yeah. a little bit longer and and the die, the die is starting to fade. <laughs> but yeah, um, this was actually released as a pre-release single, and um, in certain regions, I think mainly America, uh, their debut self-titled EP was re-released as four words to choke upon with that song added on to it. Um, yeah, okay. uh, in particular, I think the American release was done on Trustkill Records. Who, uh, if you want a bit of further reading, a bit of entertaining reading, you should definitely read the story of Trustkill Records because it is both. Um, it's pretty funny but also quite um depressing but yeah there you go um okay, that, that, can be, that can be a bonus episode at some yeah, point, yeah. yeah i'll save that for us for another thing uh but yeah definitely go do that do some reading but um yeah four words to choke upon really good song again it's got that screamy verses and then a big punchy chorus that you can mm-hmm. you know really get behind very anthemic um very much a modern take on old school sort of like thrash and heavy metal um i, I still think it's a really great song um, oh yeah it's a, it's a great song and it's again what is really good about this album um is that it's got so many really great hooks like it's yeah, got a totally. really really nice guitar mm-hmm. lead yep um and it, they also do a lot of the I don't know how you describe it. Do a lot of like interesting bends and they're, they're yeah, that yeah, kind of kind of noise. Yeah. And um, <laughs> you can you can please 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 cut the actual sound over that noise I just made. But um, <laughs> they do a lot. They they have got a lot of bends and there's a lot of a lot of groove to it. Oh, completely. Yeah, definitely, 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 definitely. And um, the thing with this song in particular as well. Again, this gets me quite nostalgic because um, uh, there's the line uh, "rip a hole into my friendship." Is it? Oh, it's like uh, um, too many times I've seen it. Ripple holding my friendship. This is how it is. One, how it yeah. always will be. Is that it? But yeah, that's that... the one. Um, but for whatever reason, my girlfriend at the time used to sing it as "Rip a hole into my foreskin," which always amused me. <laughs> uh, so that will always that will always give you a good grin whenever I hear that line. Um, what, but yeah, what kind no... of relationship were you in? Were you grinned whenever she said that? Because if 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 my girlfriend said that to me, I would recoil in horror, removing all uh, sharp objects as I left. I've got a terrible sense of humour, Alan. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> look, look at me now with a massive hole ripped in my foreskin. <laughs> wow. But yes, there we go. Four words to choke upon. Um, right, let's. <laughs> Four words to choke about... upon. Look at my foreskin. <laughs> it's an absolute mess. It looks like the cover of the poison. That's maybe that's, maybe that's what uh, that girl's looking at. The guy's shadow. That's. Uh... <laughs> 
that's ruined ruined that forever for me. Um, so uh, then we, Alan then is talking we... about the album artwork, by the way, at the moment, which, if you're not familiar with, is a what would appear to be a woman who's been shot lying on the floor in an open doorway with the shadow of someone standing over her. Uh, yeah, and her and her cleavage is heaving <laughs> because it's uh, for my Valentine cover. Um, yeah, well, there you go. It's not it's not quite as bad as fever, which is um, uh, a naked woman with a crab's claw yeah. for an arm covering her boobs. <laughs> yeah. Very strange. I think I remember when that when that artwork came out, I used to be addicted to a website called metalsucks.net. Really mm-hmm. good metal news website if you never checked it out. And uh, they their comment on the album was, Bullet for My Valentine seemed to have a crab claw fetish. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's it's really, really, odd, really yeah. quite something. That, it looks like it would really rip a hole into your... Uh, <laughs> Well, let's not continue let, to return not, to this terrible I, joke. I can't get it out of my head. It's, it's perverse. <laughs> there you go. That's you're never going to hear anything other again. That's I'm, I'm, I'm saying. It's thanks, thanks for thanks for ruining that song for me. Um, but but yeah, let's I, move on to uh, okay. uh, what I would say is the first sort of rock ballad of the record. This um, is the this is the the really emo song. <laughs> yeah. So this is Tears Don't Fall. Um, which I, I I did some a uh, little bit of research prior to this, and I had a look on Bullet for My Valentine's last FM page, and it would appear that Tears Don't Fall is their most popular song, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I'm very surprised by, actually. It's got to be said. Uh, but no offense to Tears Don't Fall. It's a really good song, really memorable song. Um, the chorus in particular is really catchy, uh, something that, you know, once you hear, you'll probably be whistling for days. Um, and, but what I really like about this song, which is lost on the single version, is the middle eight has a really thrashy like it speeds oh, okay, up and it does yeah. this really lovely sort of galloping thrash uh, middle eight which is fantastic. Oh. But the single version like cuts that down dramatically. Oh, what? <laughs> Yeah, it's a bit, um, and I think it's because the rest of the song is so sort of, you know, approachable and almost emo-like in its melodies. Yeah. um, It kind of made it like, you know, the big pop single almost. It's interesting because um, the first couple of songs you've got, like, they're they're much more brutal, screamy, uh, stereotypical metalcore songs. And Mm. this one is a lot more stripped down. You've got that, again, that groovy guitar lick. Um, but then Matt goes straight into the, the actual singing, and yep. then it builds up with the, the screamy bridge mm. before you get to the anthemic chorus. Yep, yep. Um, and yeah, they, the the lyrics are just totally emo, cringy goodness. That's uh, oh. so cheesy and so good. That's uh, your tears don't fall; they crash around me, which is <laughs> <laughs> just. But yeah, it's you know this is very much a young man. In the in the midst of his early relationships, <laughs> I think a swell um, of hormones, oh, tears completely. crashing around him. Um, but it's um, good. It's a good song. And again, like you, I really like the the breakdown at the end. Because mm-hmm. well, okay, so there's two bits. There's the middle eight, which is the more thrashy bit, yeah, where yeah. Um, that really interesting lick comes in. Mm-hmm. But at the very end of the song, it it it, it to your your tears crash into this um totally different form where it speeds up again yeah, yeah. Uh, and you get this really interesting lick and that immediately runs into the next song which is suffocating under words of sorrow and then in brackets what uh, uh 
what, is it again? Can I, what, what can, can I, do? I do? Yeah, um, yeah. A very unnecessarily long <laughs> song title. <laughs> what can I do to make you see? My word, I think this is like, um, this is Bullet from Valentine at their most sort of traditional metal. I would have thought this. This yeah. there's very there's very little of this song which I would I would relate to metalcore other than perhaps the screaming. Um, there's some really really good riffs in here, some great licks, lots of really good melody, and another just oh proper heart on sleeve like chorus. Ah, it's great, great, great. This great is song. the this is the best song they've ever done. Yeah, I, it is the. It's definitely up there. I mean, for me personally, I think Hand of Blood really sort of like pip takes it to, takes it to the post for me. But um, I, oh, suffocating under words of sorrow this, is definitely is, one of the best. By this, this is um, easily easily my favorite Bullet song. And yeah, yeah. Um, this is the one where I was getting ready to go into the exam hall. I've listened to, and I still listen to it as a mood booster. I think it's it's quite it's quite short compared to the others. It's, yeah, it's actually more like a single. Um, it's about three and a half minutes, uh, whereas most of the songs up until this point, I've definitely sort of clocked up towards four minutes. Um, but, but again, yeah. like it's it's supremely supremely catchy lick that is almost in flamesy. Uh, yeah, can you say it? Much. It's getting back it's getting back to that kind of modern mellow death sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like something that crept in off colony, which is probably why my brother likes it so much. <laughs> uh, it's, one of the, it's one of his favorite um jamming songs to play on the guitar. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can see that. And the it's probably the second best solo they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Um one of the things I find with Bullet and not so much in this album, but certainly Screaming Fire and Better is that they are not great at writing songs, like holistically. Yeah, I, think I know. I can see where you're coming from with that. Sometimes things don't quite move from one end to the other, and they don't have the bits that I expect them to have when they should have. Yeah, now, yeah. I'm sorry if that sounds a bit cryptic, but it just. <laughs> okay, so the, the song that always gets me is Hearts Burst Into Fire off Screaming Fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If a bullet song ever needed a solo, it is that song because it yeah, builds yeah. up and up and up, and then it, it doesn't have have a solo. Yeah, plateaus. It just kind of and, yeah. plateaus and peters <laughs> out at the end. Yeah, and I feel like they never quite get the composition right. They're like they're good musicians, um, in without the songwriting chops. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And, and I think that is where um, it doesn't matter so much for a first album because a lot of those songs. Yeah, moving back to this idea of the difficult second album, obviously all the songs in your first album have been toured to death, and you know what people like and what they don't, and you have so much time to change them, and um, you know songs change between initial EPs, and uh, what do you call them, Um, what's their name, bootlegs, um, and live recordings up to the the finished product. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, suffocating to me is one of the like that song just makes sense from beginning to end. It just goes, yeah, here's yeah, a verse, no, here's completely. a chorus, here's the verse, here's the chorus, here's a solo. Wasn't that good? And then remember that verse? It's back again. The yeah, end. yeah, yeah. And then it's, uh, <laughs> and, uh, it's like yes, 
that made perfect sense. Everything about that was great. Everything about it is just, yeah. yeah, yeah. That to me is three and a half minutes of, of metalcore perfection. Oh, completely, definitely. And um, uh, I think we should probably say as well that uh, there's absolutely no point in us uh, trying to guess what each other's favourite song is because I'm pretty sure we're both in agreement that Suffocating Under Words of Sorrow is... That is, uh, the, that is the first time we've agreed. Yeah, the Good. highlight of this record. <laughs> whenever, you, whenever you said to me, um, oh, her voice resides is definitely the heaviest song, a little light bulb and doffing, oh, Lewis likes heavy songs. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that, that but uh yeah this one this one is clearly it's just the it's, it's just structurally suffocating is an absolute wonder in comparison to her voice resides i mean no no offense to it because i do love me heavy but um her voice, <laughs> her voice resides is a great opener whereas suffocating the words of sorrow is a great song so um, there you go and the, um, and the and the reason that we have mentioned all of the first five songs is that that was a bit downhill after this yeah so the next song following this is uh, Hit the Floor. Why do you take it all? Why do I beg for more? I never thought that this is how And I think this is very much where the album sort of begins to sag. Um, it's a strange one because the rest, outside of the singles and maybe a couple of other songs, mm-hmm. um, this album definitely feels like it's got a lot of filler to it and yeah it's not it's they're not necessarily bad songs hit the floor is not not a bad song by any means necessary it's just it's very sort of passable it's pedestrian in a weird way um so it you know it 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 very much sits in the metal core chugging a single chord vibe for quite a long yes, time this is this is very yeah, yeah. Very, and it's yeah. a it's a real shame because again like it just doesn't seem to sort of kick off like they, there is a, there's an attempt at a pretty decent chorus um it, it becomes you know sung over screamed but it just it's just not as strong a melody as the songs that have come prior to it and there's also uh the alan favorite of uh that i'm pretty sure there's a, a, a key change at the end um, there is yes there is a key change yeah and i i was listening to this um I can't remember. I just had it on. I was cycling home. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then hit the floor. It came on. There was a key change. Like, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, could... Where are these guys? Boyzone? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could hear the sighs from many miles away. Um, but yeah. Just, just so... don't like key changes, man. I just. I just I... I, there's so many better ways to end a song than that. It's just yeah. too. Uh, everything about this, this song is how most songs sound on modern bullet albums yeah. very obvious you kind of you know where it's going from the first few seconds yeah yeah um, and i don't like that predictability to it it just makes me think well if i know how this is going to end i may as well skip it exactly that and this is a skipper for me as well um the album does have a couple of brief moments where it sort of tries to uh, retain itself but um the one the song that follows hit the floor is all these things i hate revolve around me it's the best place to be when you're feeling like me, me, yeah, me. all these things i hate revolve around me, me. Uh, it's the uh, sort of it's the other rock ballad on this record um it also releases a single i do like this song actually um it's a little bit more sort of uh, downbeat as um, Bullet from a Valentine go, songs go but I think it does have a really memorable chorus um, again melodies are pretty decent it's very cheesy it's the chorus is good but I feel like this takes the energy out of the album yeah it, it kind of it kills it a bit it's uh, any if you have a band that's really high octane very chuggy and screamy and then you drop into an acoustic guitar ballad <laughs> which Tears Don't Fall is not 
It is a yeah. ballad, but it it it's it, it doesn't whip out the acoustic guitar. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think they quite get away with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does you know attempt to be more of a rock song. Uh, there are definitely down, you know overdriven <laughs> guitars in this oh, song. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. As as songs go, it's definitely like uh, the more sort of low key out of, out of the two ballads on this record. And like I said, it's very cheesy. Uh, I, I do like the chorus, but yes, I can t- I can completely agree with uh, how it sort of takes the wind out of the sails a little bit. Um, and then. Pretty much, I, I, I couldn't even tell you what for room four hundred nine sounds like. Yeah, this is the thing. Um, uh, an awful lot of these songs in the second half of the record are just so passable. So just you know, like I actually, just put it on, and I quite like the drums at the start. <laughs> well, there you go. But um, for for me personally, I think an awful lot of these songs, room four hundred nine. Um, spit it out the end. They're all just sort of passable, forgettable songs. They're not going to be the songs that they're not going to be anybody's favourite songs off the Poison. Um, and even the title track itself, I'm not a particularly big fan of it, and I'm I'm really surprised that they use it as the title track. To be honest with you, um, because well, you don't want a song title that has brackets, do you? Well, (laughs) I think I I think the Poison is a a really solid one and again okay. it's, it's by no means imaginative it's got the yeah, very yeah. much we are screaming we are screaming that's like a lot of the songs sound like that in this album Just by this point, we've already heard about seven or eight of them, and that yeah, is the, yeah. the problem with it. I think it's I think the poison's pretty strong. Um, Cries in vain is probably the other really good song off the back yeah, half. Yeah, so the, that's the only one I would particularly pick out. And it, again, I'm very familiar with that song because it's also featured on their debut EP in almost identical form. It sounds like all they've done is remaster this version um, because it, it doesn't appear to have been re-recorded anyway. It's got the same sort of introduction with that sort of slow build. Oh, but I love um, the I love the introduction to this. I love that that kind of muted warbling yeah, yeah, playing yeah. this from <laughs> under the sea. Blasts in, and yeah. it's really interesting, and it's yeah, it's not as metalcore tastic as some of the other ones. It's... Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's very much uh, as quality goes. It, if if it sat in the first half of the record, I think people would love it a lot more than it probably <laughs> than it probably um, is. You know, in the uh, second half of the record, but um, I think if you swap this song and um, with all these things I hate. Uh, yeah. you might you might get through the album in one piece a bit better. <laughs> yeah, no, I can see that definitely. That's definitely a good good shout. Because I'm looking at I'm looking at my iTunes star ratings, and the only ones I've given three stars to are all these things I hate, spit you out, and the end. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's a fair assumption assessment i've got to say i'm I'm amazed that people actually use the star ratings on itunes wow oh, yeah well this is where apple music has fucked everything for me because it's now um it's now one to five stars plus a heart and the heart determines um 
your recommendations in Apple Music. Right, okay. So for the the purposes of um, Alan's official album ratings, I give The Poison four stars and a heart. Um, everything has four stars apart from the aforementioned. Suffocating's got five stars and a heart and four words to choke upon also has a heart and four stars. <laughs> um, the other album, Scream Aim Fire, I've given four stars. Fever, I've given an incredibly generous four. Uh, Temper Temper has... I haven't even bothered rating it, and <laughs> Venom's pretty much a three. <laughs> well, fair enough. So there um, you go. That, that was a totally subjective rating. I mean, nothing to no one. Thank you for indulging yeah. me for 20 seconds. Um, oh, there you go. Um, the only other song I'd like to talk about particularly is uh, Spit You Out, simply because it has a, a particularly cringy moment where they sample a section from a Bullet from a Valentine show, and it's like... Uh, ladies and gentlemen, what if I'm anti like, They go, let's, let's, let's rock out. And it's like, what? Yeah, yeah. This isn't. And it confuses just... you because it's not live. Yeah, no, completely. It's really bizarrely put in there. It's. It... It just feels like they've got their heads stuck up their ass a little bit too high. <laughs> and it, it, it really took me out of the moment a little bit. I was just like, yeah, it does. Is, it, was this bridge that bad that you had to just splice in a random sample from a, from a, from a show? Really, really odd. But um, They're yeah. not the only band to do that, but it just oh, it I know. works. Like, it, it, it's, it's, not, it's not a great um, tactic by any means, but... Um, yeah, this 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 one in particular, I was it really strikes me as just a bit pompous and you know overkill. But there you go. That's probably um, all we can really say about the poison. I think um, as as it, it's strange because um, I think the first half of this record and you know the singles in particular show a really strong, really well written and a really great debut for quite a you know a young promising band. Yeah, it's the best um, EP ever. This is the thing. I'm, I was thinking about this afterwards. This would have been a much better mini album than it would an album if you cut off uh, an awful lot of the stuff in the in the in the last half of it. Um, and it also made me think, wow, I don't rate this album nearly as high as I thought I did. <laughs> yeah. um, well, actually, I I mean, I still love it, but it, it's I mean, very I, much love yeah. love for the first half. Yeah, exactly that. And you know, um, it, it makes me think maybe Bullet actually weren't all that great to begin with <laughs> they, they had they showed promise but they've never really delivered on it i'm gonna be uh, a little gonna be a little controversial here go on. um as i clicked through my bullet album ratings scream aim fire without the deluxe tracks might actually be a better album you and reckon i'm, I'm surprised well yeah i think so i think okay. it's it's got at least um nine tracks that i really really want to listen to okay okay um, that's fair and the problem with Screaming Fire is it is too long. Yeah. The album itself is too long. The deluxe album uh, is just all the bonus tracks suck. And yeah, yeah. the individual songs are too long. You're going to the Poison. Most of the songs are about three and a half, yeah, four yeah. minutes long. Um, Tears Don't Fall is nearly a mind-boggling six minutes. But <laughs> um, Screaming Fire, they're all five or six minute long songs. Yeah, yeah. And that's it's just it's just too flabby. But yep. there are some really good tracks in it. And um, yeah, End of Days is probably my runner-up for Best Bullet song after Suffocating. It's It's got the, the best solo they've ever done as well. It's, it's really particularly good. Mm-hmm. No, that's fair. I mean, for me personally, I think because of how long Scream Aim Fire is, it kind of 
it doesn't hold nearly as uh, strong a place in my heart. Mm-hmm. I haven't really given it the attention it probably deserves. So maybe that's something for me to do. Maybe after this, I'll go and uh, check out Screaming <laughs> Fire. And, we, need to, uh, we need to go think about what we've done. And yeah. We'll come back next time and go, <laughs> yeah, Screaming Fire is better. It might, it might be. It might yeah, be. Yeah. No, think, that's fair. I think the poison is was really fresh whenever it first came out yeah, and, yeah. i mean that's um, definitely a thing for me is that it, it feels again it's very much an album of its era very much an album of its time um it's it's very nostalgic for me so i've got like um you know uh, more more pulled towards it as a as a you know as a fan and um yeah it just it just sits in a nice place in my life but uh it's not Mate. the first. It's not the first album to have uh, to to blow its load in the first half. <laughs> well, oh God knows. Um, I mean, that is something that I'm sure we will deal with many, many more times in the future. But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, if we're going to talk ratings, if I was going to rate the Poison, I'd probably give it a seven out of ten. It's Oof. a really strong record, but it doesn't quite deliver on most of its promise. It's weird though, isn't it? Whenever you look back at an album that, like, I, I think, oh yeah, the Poison, that's fantastic. Yeah, and yeah. Then whenever you drill down into it, you're like, hmm. Yeah, no, I. This is. This is I, I this was is thinking half fantastic, yeah. and you've almost your nostalgia for the first half overtakes the the sagging back end, and it's yeah, so strange. No, very much. Very, that's exactly how I feel about it. To be honest with you, and I like I, I was listening. You know, I listened to the past couple of days, and that 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 was always sort of at the forefront of my mind. A bit like, oh, maybe this album isn't as good as I thought it first was. Um, but yes, I, I, no no offence to The Poison at all. I do really like <laughs> no, it. No offence, there's an animate object. You like it quite a lot. <laughs> uh, I've, I've, I've probably slagged it off a little bit more than I, than I actually feel about it. But genuinely, it is a very good record with some amazing singles and a, you know, a very, very strong first half. But it does sag a little bit and uh, doesn't quite deliver on what it promises. But they, still, uh, still a lot of fun, though. Still a lot oh, of fun. very much so. Um, and I think... Metalcore works considerably better when it is fun. There's an awful lot of po-faced, dirty, yeah. beat-down, like horrible metalcore, which I'm just not a big fan of. You, if if you can if you can make metalcore fun and approachable, and you know just anthemic like that, like Bullet from Valentine mm. have done on quite a few of the songs on this record, um, that's when metalcore works for me. It's it's you know it, it can be a really entertaining genre, but unfortunately. I don't think there's enough ideas within the genre for it to sort of span the amount of time it has. It's really strange how long-lasting it's been. Um, mm. But yeah, shall we? Um, well, we've got give... a little bit of time, so we yeah, can yeah. we can talk a little bit about um, the new Bullet album and also very briefly about their absolute worst moment, uh, which is Temper <laughs> so, Temper. Yeah. This, so, um... Tell me about Venom then, because um, I actually okay. haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Okay, so Venom is surprisingly not crap. Um <laughs> They the first single off it is called No Way Out, um, and after listening to Temper Temper, which is the previous one, I really thought Bullet were done, and I was never going to enjoy their music again. It's yeah, really yeah. that bad. Featuring Tears Don't Fall Part Two, yep, and uh, yeah, some uh, and the the Diabolical Riot, which is hopefully the worst song they'll ever release, or indeed <laughs> the worst song most bands would ever release. Um, no Way Out is really really good, and it's back to. It's quite similar to Screaming and Fire style. Um, okay. Screaming and Fire, they got a bit, they got a bit faster and a bit thrashier and a yep. bit more intricate. And I think whenever they look back on it, they now think, yeah, we 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 put a bit too much into this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's it's hard to say. Oh, it's a return to form because we've just established that their form was never that great to begin. <laughs> well, yeah, um, there you go. I um, think um, there are a couple of tracks I really really like on it, and 
in stark contrast to Scream, Aim, Fire, I think the deluxe edition of this is well worth listening to. Okay. Um, because some of my favorite tracks are um, on the deluxe one. There's okay. one called Run, Run For Your Life, which is really good, and Raising Hell, which okay. they released as uh, an independent single. Yep, yep. It's very good. Um, I've I think, also, yeah. I've seen on, I was looking at the track listing on Wikipedia, actually, and Japan uh, um, have, uh, you know, their own exclusive bonus track. And um, I haven't heard, I haven't listened to it yet, but it's, uh, it's a cover of Ace of Spades. <laughs> and I don't know how well that would work, to be honest with you. In my head, um, I... I don't know if it works well at all, but um, I'd be very curious. It sounds absolutely <laughs> abysmal, doesn't it? it just, you can, you can feel your skin crawl a bit. On paper, um, yeah, but I, don't I, know. I think that, um, Venom, if you listen to it and you're new to the band, will sound very, very similar to The Poison. Okay. Um, and I mean that in a bad way because <laughs> I expect the band's sound to evolve in a decade. And to me, yeah. the songwriting is not really any better. Okay. Um, if you. Okay, so my favorite song of Venom is a song called Skin. Okay. Um, just because it's really, really catchy. Okay. Um, but I think it's got an absolutely stooting riff to it. Mm-hmm. As uh, Jim Trinker would probably say, <laughs> um, it, it's it's really really catchy. But I do think that their the songwriting never really improves. It never really surprises, and it's not particularly inspiring. It's just kind of good for what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. But again, it just I'm makes getting you think that impression they... from the album in general. To be honest with you, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I just I just I was curious because um, one of the things that I also was reminded of whilst listening to the poison is that um at one point matt tuck uh did uh was a part of a super group called axe wound mm-hmm. have you listened to the axe wound record by any no chance? i haven't listened to the axe wound record, um, but i'm put off the, by the name alone oh yeah the, the the name is either really really good or atrociously terrible i can't really figure out which it's side a, of the fence it's I atrociously it's atrociously terrible <laughs> <laughs> um but it's a yeah it's a band featuring members of glamour of the kill uh liam cormier from cancer bats is also in there um the drum of pitch shifter is also in there oh, wow. um, a really okay. interesting record um but uh the poison reminds me an awful lot of axe wound it's very much um bullet from a valentine at their heaviest and catchiest you know a, a good melding of both uh, so it's actually good then it, it's good fun honestly i really do enjoy that record um i wasn't i was surprised at by how much i, I enjoyed it because i thought it was going to be uh, another stale romp through um you know metalcore territory but um yeah it's it's again it, it, it reminds me of uh better times in the band's career <laughs> which i don't know if is is a good recommendation or not but it's certainly if you're a fan of bullet for valentine it's definitely worth giving the axe wound record a go just because um, like i say there it reminds me of their heavier moments and definitely the poison in particular the only thing i would say about venom if you go to listen to it is after no way out if you so we talked about the poison and how it kind of flags after the really slow ballad. Yep. yep. Um, Venom picks up after the ballad, which is the self-titled track. Now, oh, okay. Venom. Um, my brother and I were listening to this, and he described Venom as "Tears Don't Fall Part Three. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so oh, it's, terrible! It's quite quite similar, but um, we need Venom, to talk about "Tears Don't Fall Part Two, which I wasn't aware of until oh, you told man. me. Yeah, I've told you before. <laughs> you, you, your tears don't fall. Um, so, what album does that appear on? That appears on Temper Temper. Um, okay. Temper Temper has one good track. It's called Not Invincible. It's on the <laughs> deluxe version right before their cover of Whole Lot of Rosie, which I strongly recommend you skip. Um, <laughs> what is it with Bullet from the Valentine covers? I've got um, one of those Kerrang! Um, louder... No, I can't remember what they're called now. Um, high Voltage, that's it. And um, one of them, they do a cover of Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne. Oh my God. And it's like, what? can you stop, please? <laughs> 
I appreciate that you like metal, but... <laughs> I think it's because, I think, I don't think Matt Tuck is a very good vocalist at all. I think he's pretty, like, I think he's pretty, he's serviceable. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, he doesn't have enough, it would just, it would just sound like a parody. Uh, yeah. Of it, almost. It would just be Bullet playing this. They're, they're not a good enough band to put their own inflection to it. Now, if you're going to talk about metalcore bands doing bad covers, Killswitch Engage's cover of Holy Diver is shocking. See, um, I have I have a lot of fun with that. Oh, cover. Oh, just, <laughs> it's it, it it sounds to me like karaoke, Holy Diver. I just uh, and it's and it's one of the most popular songs. It's off um, As Daylight Dies, isn't that right? Um, um, but oh, it's yeah, I think it's a bonus track on it. But I, I really don't, I really yeah. don't like their cover of Holy Diver. But it's it's better than Bullet's cover of Whole Lot of Rosie. Um, God, I I adore Whole Lot of Rosie, and I really don't want to know what Bullet for Valentine done to it. Um, I think you can already imagine it, can't you? <sighs> yeah, um, I can, and it's not good. Um, <laughs> um, but but temper temper shocking. Like um the the song the song riot like, I'm 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 telling you hold on I'll get the let me just um let me just get up the lyrics here because that'll because <laughs> that'll save you having to listen riot lyrics because this will save you having to listen to the song yeah yep. okay um here are the lyrics I'm just gonna read these as they are I'm not gonna put too much effort into it go on are you ready it's time for war we'll break down these fucking doors smash the windows tear down the walls we won't stop till it's all destroyed. Let it out, just let it show. We'll burn it down and we'll lose control. Set the fires. Can you feel the heat? Tonight we're alive. There's no time to sleep. Whoa. <laughs> Riot. Whoa. Riot. Here come the sirens. Here comes the law. Whoa. Run from the sirens. Run from the law. Whoa. Round two. Are you feeling alive? We'll stop, overcome. Stop. Stop. We'll fucking survive. <laughs> I'm stopping oh. now, but I just had to get the the brilliant riding to Are you feeling alive? We'll overcome. <laughs> we'll fucking survive. Oh, which is terrible. That's quite I, something. It reminds me of Burn Burn by Lost Profits, which is not something you ever want to be reminded oh, of. Um, yeah. yeah, there you go. Gee, um, gee, gee whiz. Apparently, apparently, everybody in in Bullet wrote that song according to Metro lyrics, which I find uh, it would be it would be <laughs> I would it would As be a four person effort. Yeah, you would have thought maybe someone would have turned out a little bit of a better set of lyrics than that. But you'd, you'd think if four people <laughs> you think if four people wrote a song, you took one line from each of their interpretations, it'd be better than whatever they come up with. <laughs> Good God, though, but it's. Yeah, uh, right, right, shocking. But I think I, I would say give Venom a crack. Um, okay, I, okay. I think, and I don't want to, I don't want to crap on journalists here, mm. but I think that a lot of the people that reviewed that album perhaps didn't listen beyond the first half. Okay. Um, because I do think it picks up in the second half, and I think some of the review, reviews have been quite unfair to it. Okay. I think it, it's probably this thing we talked about: Bullet not being as good as we thought they were, and not quite as exciting anymore. But mm-hmm. I, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty solid metal album. It was something I would actually put on for enjoyment. Okay. Oh, that sounds good. All right, that's definitely something for me to do after the podcast. Oh, yeah. uh, speaking of things to do after the podcast, further listening. What would you recommend, Alan? Oh God. Well, we could we could talk about. You know, I could recommend metalcore albums forever, but um, <laughs> there's two that spring to mind. Go um, on. So the first one would be Killswitch Engages, The End of Heartache. Um, so very short explanation because we'll definitely do Killswitch at some point. They have of two course. vocalists. The first album was with Jesse Leach. Then he did three albums with Howard Jones, and now they're back to Jesse Leach again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the end of Heartache is the first one with Howard Jones, and this is probably the album that brought them to fame, mainly because the title track was included in the Resident Evil Apocalypse soundtrack. Yep, yep, definitely. Um, and this is a this to me is metalcore at its best. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, personally, for me, if I was going to pick a Kill Switch record, I'd probably go for Alive is Just Breathing, but that's just my, you know. It's, <laughs> it's, again, Alive is Just Breathing is um, a really good first half. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, the Kill Switch album I would like to talk about in this show is not the end of Heartache. It would be their, their most recent one, this arm that is sent. Um, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying, if you want to get started, End of Heartache's really good. Um, mm, definitely. Rose of, definitely. Rose, really Rose of Sharon's particularly so, yeah. excellent, but mm-hmm. um, loads of good tracks in it. Um, do you want to do your first one, then I'll do my second? Certainly. Um, I've actually picked two Japanese bands by accident here, but there we go. Um, the first is Garugamesh and their most recent album, Monster. Oh, um, yeah, it's very good, yeah. Um, definitely, it's got a very similar sort of uh, metalcore chugginess to it, but also those very sort of strong, sung, really memorable choruses, which I really liked about um, an awful lot of the stuff on this album. And uh, a, a, a few electronic influences, which are not... Yeah, uh, it's, yeah, um, yeah. It, it, whenever we talked about baby metal... Yeah, um, yeah, you'd said that it, it was just Garugamesh, but not as good. And, <laughs> and I don't know how much I agree with that, but it's certainly Garugamesh, mm. similar to Garugamesh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but um, it's, a, it's a Monsters are really fun record. Oh, completely. And yeah, again, it's metal. It, that's again when metalcore works really well for me. It's it's really fun and enjoyable and poppy, and that's very much what Monster is. So yeah, Garugamesh's Monster is my first pick, and your second. Okay, my second is um, by another American band. It's Shadows Fall, and that album's called Fire from the Sky. Now, um, if Bullet are perhaps one of the most overrated um, metalcore bands, which they probably are, um, <laughs> Shadows Fall are really underrated. Um, they actually are Grammy nominated. Um, yes, had a couple I of am Grammy aware. Yeah, yeah. Um, they have loads of good albums. Threads of Life's really good. War Within's really good. Um, it's Retribution's another one that's pretty good. But um, yeah, Fire from the Sky is a most recent one, and it is really outstanding. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it was probably my favorite album of the year it came out. Actually, um, wow, it, okay. I was I was really surprised by how much their sound had matured. And if you want to, this is what I'm talking about. Bullet sound hasn't really evolved. They haven't really got any better. Yeah, Shadows yeah. Fall are a band that started as good as Bullet. Again, songwriting wasn't quite up there, but they've yep. got so much better. And their latest album is is really stunning. I hope they bring out a new one soon. I saw them live at Download as well, and they were excellent. So mm-hmm. um, I think I may have seen Shadows Fall at Download 2007. I can't remember off the top of my head. Brian, but... Brian Fair and his massive, massive dreadlocks. Oh, yeah, yeah, completely. Um, um, always the thing that sort of strikes you about Shadows Fall is their image. Yeah. Um, they're actually not a band I've particularly um, explored too much, but I, uh, my, my good friend Sean is absolutely... Um, obsessed with them and i probably should give them more um, more more of my time so yeah i would, I would say i would say give, give fire from the sky um mm-hmm. a go especially if you like noodly oodly metal solos yep, because yep. this this album's absolutely rammed full of them yeah, yeah. um so it, it's my it's my second pick for okay. albums what you will like brilliant and then my second pick i have just realized actually is a band that you're going to see um what? so uh the band su- <laughs> the band supporting kill switch uh, sorry uh, build it for valentine on their current tour is a band called cold rain and um they are a japanese uh sort of metalcore emo influenced band very much in a similar sort of vein to valentine and um they are about to drop a new album but having not heard it, I can't really recommend it. <laughs> um, well, you can always take a chance. <laughs> but they do have three albums to their name, but I'm actually going to recommend an EP. Uh, Cold Rain released an EP uh, in 2009, I'm going to guess. I'm probably wrong. But um, it's called Nothing Lasts Forever. And my word, does it have some of the catchiest metalcore on it. Um, really good stuff. Very much in a similar vein to Valentine. You know, scream verses, big, hooky, big hooks, mm-hmm. big riffs, and then great chorus. 
um, and and a sun chorus at that as well. And uh, yeah, they're start they're starting to break the West, and um, okay. they are coming out on the uh, Venom tour. So yes, oh, let me know how let me know how you feel about them. <laughs> I think um, I think I probably thought Cold Rain was the weather forecast for Belfast that evening, <laughs> but I will look forward to checking it that evening. Yeah, yeah. But there you go. Those are my recommendations. All right. So what's next? The next album. Okay. So well. If it isn't Baby Mill, <laughs> <laughs> we've got to stop mentioning it. We jinx it; it'll never happen. Um, I would really like to uh, listen to a Ramstein record, and Ooh, I'm okay. gonna pick Mutter. Oh, very nice, very nice. Um, which, yeah, is again probably one of those defining records by uh, what is probably one of the biggest rock and metal bands, um, you know, of our generation, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it's. It's an interesting one for me as well because it's not actually the one I would have been introduced to them via. So um, it's it, I really wanted to tackle it in a sort of retrospective. I've uh, only way really because... listened to their singles as well, so I'll be I'll be really interested to hear a full Rammstein album. And mm-hmm. whenever you're training for a marathon in Frankfurt, what better <laughs> than some German industrial? Oh, yeah, perfect. no. Well, if you can, if you can jog in time with the beats, then you, you should be good. But oh, I yeah, think it's, it's I think joggable. for me personally, I think Rammstein's more marching music than it is running music. So you might you might be moving a bit slower than you probably wouldn't. Would just be to. a double time march. I'll just get um, <laughs> two two footsteps into every drum beat. But um, oh, if you've got one of those fancy um, like MP3 players, you can just put it in double speed, and then you're off you go. <laughs> well, that would be that would be abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. So yeah, that's going to be my pick for next episode. Fantastic. Okay. Well, I look forward to that. So if you enjoyed this show, um, excellent. That's what we're for. <laughs> um, you can go to castironshow.co.uk. We can get a full list of all of our episodes and some pretty artwork. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at Cast Iron Show. You can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash castironshow, probably. I think that's the address. That's the one. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Lewis is at Sonic Yoda. I am at AG Bear. And we will see you next time. Thank you very much for tuning in. See you next yeah, time. Thank you. Bye. 